Do you want to start to get your partner to do more around the house? If so, today's episode is for you. I'm sharing three ways that you can get your partner to start leaning in a little more, participating more, and doing more of their share so that you don't have to carry everything on your shoulders all the time. Thank you so much for listening into this podcast with me. This is Bold as Love, and I'm your host, April Boyd. I'm a psychotherapist, coach, and breathwork facilitator, and I created this podcast to have a place where we could talk about relationships, boundaries, how we show up in our lives, in our conversations, and in our conflicts, in a way where we're taking responsibility for our own self and how we want to move through the world and the person that we want to be and moving out of these old habits of taking too much responsibility for other people, maybe over giving, over functioning, over worrying about stuff that maybe, you know, you have no control over. This is what, these are the kind of things that we are talking about in this podcast. So thanks for being here with me. So today I want to share three ways that you can get your partner to start doing more around the house. So let's get right into it. Number one, you need to get specific. This is something that I see causes a lot of problems in relationships when I'm talking to my clients and when I'm talking to couples in my private practice where One partner will feel like they're asking for help all the time, right? They're having to constantly ask their partner for to pitch in more and to tune in a little bit more to the needs of the household. But I want you to check in. Are you saying things like, I need you to do more. I need more support around here. I need more help around here. Or are you saying things like, I'd really love it if you could make dinner on Thursday nights. Notice how these two different ways of phrasing a very similar request land so differently for the system, right? Notice even just what comes up for you as I describe this. I need you to pitch in and do more around here versus... I'd love it if you could make sure that you take out the trash every week so I don't have to do it. We need to set our partner up for success. But what we often do without realizing it, and I have been guilty of all of these things as well, is we set our partners up to fail because we're not really giving them a clear measure of success. We're saying that we want more from them but we're not really telling them and helping them figure out what exactly we want them to do. So what I often encounter with my clients is that, you know, each partner feels like they're actually doing quite a lot for each other and for the family and for the household, but we're often missing doing the one thing that matters most to their partner because it's getting lost in a whole bunch of conversation and a whole bunch of talking and a whole lot of arguments 
where everything stays about everything (laughs) and all kinds of generalizations. And we're not making it clear and direct and easy for our partners to make us happy. I'd love it if you took responsibility for doing the kids carpool Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? Something specific because otherwise what also happens is you might have a big fight. Let's say you have a big blowout with your partner, right? You kind of hit your boiling point and finally you're like, you know, I'm so fed up with this. I need more of this. I need more of this, right? You get into that kind of place where you're just like, it's all coming out. It might jar them for that moment in time, but then what happens? The fight subsides, you get back to a good place together, and this stays at the bottom of their mental priority list because we've kind of, we're creatures of habit, right? This doesn't mean your partner doesn't care about you, doesn't mean that they don't respect you. It means that like we are creatures of habit and we tend to kind of go the path of least resistance. And a lot of people, you know, really hit heads with their partners based on basic personality differences, right? There's some partners that, you know, like to stay a step ahead or two steps ahead of everything. And there's some partners that only do it when there's a real sense of urgency or they're right down to the wire. One way is not necessarily right or wrong. These are just differences. And this brings us into our second point. You've got to let them do it their way. There is this really common phenomenon where without meaning to, if you're the more, you know, kind of, I'm going to call over-functioning or high-functioning person in your relationship, if you're the one that's kind of, you know, driving things forward. You're the one that knows everything that needs done. You're kind of the organizer in the household. It can get, we can get into this place where we end up teaching our partners to under function without even realizing that this is what we're doing. And let me explain a little bit about what I mean. So Often when we, when I'm talking to couples and they're having an issue where one person is feeling really overloaded and it feels like the other person is not really carrying their fair share, not always, but what I often see and uncover is that there's a bit of a bit of a pattern of actually giving the partner negative reinforcement when they do try to contribute more when they do try to participate more. So if your partner, let's say, is putting away the dishes and you're, you know, then come in and say, oh, this doesn't go there. This doesn't go here. This is not the right way, right? If they're folding laundry and you're like, why are you doing it like that? That's not the proper way to do it. What are we saying to our partners really? What's the message that your partner is going to take out of that? And I'll give you an example. I've kind of learned to bite my tongue a little bit with this. For instance, the other day I was working in my office. I had the door closed. I was trying to focus on something and I could hear my partner in the other part of the house in the kitchen, unloading the dishwasher and putting things away. And it was so loud. (laughs) 
I'm like, why does he have to do this so loud? And I almost, I was like in the mid thought of like getting up out of my chair and going into the kitchen to ask him to be quiet. And I calm myself because what do you think my partner's reaction would possibly do be if he's in there doing dishes and I go in there and I tell him to do it more quietly? My guess is, even though he's a really great, loving guy, his reaction would probably be in his own head. (laughs) Why am I bothering to do this at all if I'm somehow just going to get scolded for it? Right? Here I am trying to do this good thing, and I actually am getting negative feedback. And I think this is what, you know, myself included, have done to my partner, you know, a million times without really realizing that this is what I'm doing. I'm actually giving him negative feedback and thereby training him to actually do less. So just check in and notice, what does that look like in your relationship and in your household? Are you actually discouraging your partner from contributing as an equal partner in the house? So we've got to let them do it their way, right? And this can be hard when, you know, we'd like things done a certain way. We have a certain standard of how we think things should be done. And we kind of know how all the dominoes connect, right? We know how if you know, if we miss the ball on this, then here's how it's going to impact this other thing later, or here's this other problem that it's going to cause. But this is kind of where we have to meet our partners in the middle a little bit, right? Do you need it done perfectly? Or would you be happy to just have it done? What's the goal really? And this is the question I want you to check in on, right? When you're in that moment of almost kind of jumping in and correcting your partner, right? When they're doing something, cause they're not doing it how you would do it. What is your goal in that? Because I think so often what we're doing without realizing it is we're kind of just emoting our own anxiety, our own overwhelm, our own, I'm going to use the word over-functioning right? That kind of revving high kind of feeling that we have with all that energy coursing through our system. And we kind of turn around and unload some of that on our partners, right? And when we're not checking in on what is my goal, really, what is it I want to see happen? Is it important to me? Is it more important to me that my partner does dishes really quietly? (laughs) Or do I just want him to do the dishes? Because I certainly don't want to end up in a relationship where I'm the only one who ever unloads a dishwasher. But this is kind of what we end up setting up with our partners, you know, without realizing it. The next thing that I want to offer, and this one is so important, and I often encounter a lot of resistance when I share this one with people. You've got to thank your partner. I'm going to say it one more time. Just notice what comes up for you as I say this. You need to thank your partner for the things that they're doing to contribute. 
Here's why. When you think about it this way, if you, let's say your boss asks you to help prepare this presentation for this project, right? And you do the work, you send it into her, and then you never hear anything back from it again. Versus you send in your work to her and a week later she circles back and says, Hey, thanks so much for taking care of that. That was actually a really good job. That was exactly what I needed. Thanks a lot. How eager are you going to feel to, and how enthusiastic are you going to feel the next time that she asks you to do something? If she never thanked you for this, if she never acknowledged that your work had an impact. And so, you know, one of the things that I've heard people describe a lot is like, I shouldn't have to thank my partner for doing stuff that needs done. And I tend to kind of think, when did we decide that bad manners was an okay relationship standard? If you were engaging with a colleague, a friend, anybody else in your life who did something for you, even if it was something that you totally would have expected, right? If you really checked in and been like, of course my friend would do this for me, right? Like let's say you dropped something and your friend was like, reached down and picked it up for you. You would thank them for that. That would automatically come out of your mouth before you even had a chance to think about it. You would be thanking people for the things small and big that matter to you, that they do for you and with you. And yet somewhere along the lines in our relationships, we become kind of adversarial with our partners. And it's almost like we start treating them as somebody that we're working up against rather than somebody that we're in actual partnership with. And when you think about it, this is one of the word reasons why I use the word partner a lot when I talk about my partner, when it's more inclusive. And two, it really reset, represents the kind of connection and agreement I'm looking to have in my relationship. Right? I think of relationships as often being like a three-legged race, right? Like whoever you're tied to is going to significantly impact that experience, right? You need to be able to run together. You need to be able to share things equally. You need to be able to work as a team. And when there's been kind of a lot of resentments building, let's say some of these frustrations have been kind of lingering around a long time and you're finding yourself kind of hitting your breaking point of like getting really annoyed and frustrated with this person, we can get into this place where we're like, I shouldn't have to thank them for putting away their laundry, but why not? right? When I, when we really check in on this, what I often see is that's just because I'm angry. It's just because I'm now resenting them. And that might be totally valid. And maybe there's some bigger work to dig into with a therapy session or a couple session around that. But when we just check in, 
Is that the energy that you're wanting to continue to bring into your relationship? A dynamic of screw you, (laughs) right? A dynamic of, man, you have so far to go to please me before I'm even going to acknowledge, right? So that's not a great dynamic. And in the Gottman therapy training, which I love so much, and you're probably going to keep hearing me refer to this from time to time, they have this idea around really what we're trying to do in our relationships is create a culture of friendship. Friendship. And that when we have that friendship base in place, everything else flows. But this friendship piece... When you think about how you talk with, how you interact, your expectations of all your friends, there's a lot of good manners in that. And not just good manners, but true appreciation. So we don't want to be taken for granted by our partners, but we also don't want to take them for granted. And one of the things that I've heard from my couples time and time and time again is one partner will say, you know what? I feel like I'm doing all the work. I feel like I'm doing more than my fair share. And the other partner will say, I can't do anything to please her anyways. No matter what I do for her, it's always going to be wrong. So I've learned it's actually easier to do nothing at all than to do something and have to hear about the fact that I didn't do it the right way, right? So we have to kind of again start to look at what is it you're trying to create? And even though this sounds like a little bit of a harsh way to describe this, I absolutely believe that we train people how to treat us. We teach them what I consider to be acceptable and good enough for me and what is not. And one of the ways is by starting to look at the standards that we're setting in our relationship, the expectations that we have in our relationship. And so if you've been kind of, you know, in the red, right? Where you're kind of in a bit of, you've dug a bit of a hole where you've been doing a lot more than your partner. Yes, it's going to take a little bit to kind of let go of some of that resentment and frustration. But I want to encourage you to really think about letting some of that go and trying to start fresh. Because otherwise, well, my question would be, What could they possibly do to win you back at that point, right? To really have it be enough. So we've almost kind of got to take responsibility for the energy and the dynamic that we're bringing into that. If you want your partner to win with you, you've got to make it easy for them to get there. And so when we look at this idea of training somebody of how to treat you. Again, thinking back to that example for the boss, right? If somebody doesn't ever thank you or notice your efforts, how much do you want to do something else for them again? 
And in this case, I'm using the word for them because I think a very common dynamic is, yes, there's the things in a household that absolutely need to get done to meet the bare minimum and have things run. But on top of that, there's a huge category of here's my preferences, right? The house is not going to burn down if the cushions on the couch are not straightened and the toys are not put away, right? This is a preference. It's not a have to. And without really realizing it, what we're often doing is holding our partner to the standards of here's my preferences. And we forget that like a friendship, we're sharing space with another human being who possibly has very different standards for what they consider to be messy, when they think it's time to that the bathroom needs cleaned, when they think it's time that the vacuuming needs done, right? We each have a really individual and personal list, right? Of all of these criterias of when it's time to do what. And we have to check in and notice the times when is this a have to, or is this just the way I like it? And we can justify that. Our instinct, of course, is to justify that. Of course, the bed needs to be made, right? But does it, (laughs) right? I prefer my bed to be made, but that's my preference. So if I'm trying to get my partner on board for things, it's not necessarily going to be super motivating for him to make the bed just because I want it that way. Unless I'm showing him, here's the impact. The impact is I'm happy and grateful for you. If the impact is just that the bed's made, that would be satisfying to me, not satisfying to him. There's no box that gets checked, right? And so often we're coming to our partners with these things that don't necessarily feel needed or necessary or meaningful, but they are to us. And it's allowed to be meaningful to you. It's allowed to be important to you. But we have to kind of look in at, am I pushing my partner to do everything my way? In which case, you need to thank them because they're not doing it just because there's no more dishes in in the cupboards and a dish has to be washed before we can have dinner, right? When we look at some of these other things, they're doing it just to make you happy. And if you're never sharing with them that positive hit back of, thank you, I appreciate you, I noticed your efforts, we shut down. We pull back and we do less. So, I know, of course, that there is all kinds of patriarchal and gender conditioning that ties into all of this. You can check out some of my past episodes on mental load to kind of hear a little bit more about how that factors in to some of these if you're in a same-sex relationship. But I'm curious, what else works for you? What else have you found to help kind of shift some of this dynamic And I'd love to hear, you know, which one of these really hits home for you the most. And I will add that if you found this useful, the best way that you can support me as a podcaster is to share this episode with somebody else who would also benefit from hearing it. 
That helps me get my message out and I really appreciate that. I should also let you know that I have a new group starting. This is going to be a two week guided healing experience. It starts November 25th and what we're doing is an audio program that you get to use to go at your own pace to basically work through and correct some of these habits of overthinking and overfunctioning so that you can actually train your brain to start to relax a little more so that when you actually do get those moments where you could join your partner on the couch, put your feet up and unwind a little bit, you're actually willing and able to do that (laughs) and you don't respond to them with, yeah, I'll come after I send this email. Yep. I'll come over after I get the dishes done. We want to be able to enjoy our efforts. So the link for that group. Oh, and there's going to be some breathwork sessions with that as well. It's a two week experience. It's going to be fantastic. And I will see you guys next time. Take care.